All right, welcome back. Good to see everybody. Good to be back in church this morning. <clears throat> We're going to be back in the book of Judges, uh, looking again at the life of Gideon. Last week, we saw Gideon take his first wobbly steps of faith as he's had a conversation with the Lord, and now the Lord has commanded him to go and tear down the altar of Baal and the grove and cut it down and, and make a sacrifice unto him. And uh, this was a bold stand, uh, reminding his family in the city that the Lord is God. And as I was thinking about this this week, as we were moving on, I was thinking about uh, the first wobbly steps of us as Christians, or what should be the first steps of obedience for us as new, as new believers, and how similar they are. Uh, for Gideon, it was tearing down the grove and, and identifying himself with God instead of with uh, Baal. And for us, that first step of, of obedience for a new Christian is believer's baptism. <clears throat> where we go and we are fully immersed in the water and in the picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Baptism has nothing to do with salvation. It's simply just a picture to show those that are watching and boldly proclaim to them what's happened in your life and to identify you with the doctrines and the, the, the ideals of those that are, uh, get, that are performing the baptism. So... Gideon really is is stepping out here. And as we get into the next section, we're going to see <clears throat> kind of a, I won't say it's controversial, but I've heard it preached a few different ways. I've heard many, many, many preachers uh, chide Gideon for questioning God, for not believing God uh, when he puts out the fleece. And then I've heard others saying that we should go as far as doing this for everything, that, that that we shouldn't make a, a, a step without uh, putting out the fleece and, and seeing exactly what God's will is. And I think the answer really lies somewhere in the middle. And here, I think we're going to see exactly what it is that God has for Gideon. And we're going to see through Gideon uh, a man that is growing in his faith and that is learning to walk with God and not wanting to make a mistake. Um, <clears throat> so... Judges chapter 6, and we're going to start back in verse number 33, and we're going to read all the way through the end of the chapter. Judges chapter 6 and verse number 33, and the Bible says, Then all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the children of the east were gathered together and went over and pitched in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, and Abiezer was gathered after him. And he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, who also was gathered after him, and he sent messengers unto Asher and unto Zebulun and unto Naphtali, and they came up to meet, excuse me, to meet them. Verse number 36, And Gideon said unto God, If thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said, behold, I will put a fleece of wool on the floor, and if the dew be on the fleece only, and it be dry upon all the earth beside, then shall I know that thou shalt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said. And it was so, for he rose up early in the morrow, and thrust the fleece together, and wringed the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. And Gideon said unto God, Let not thine anger be hot against me, and I will speak but this once. Let me prove, I pray thee, but this once with the fleece. Let it now be dry upon, only upon the fleece, and upon all the ground let there be dew. And God said, So 
<clears throat> sorry, and God did so that night, for it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew on all the ground. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you again for this glorious day, Lord, the beautiful weather, uh, the ability to gather here to hear your truth. God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts today, Lord, that uh, <coughs> this these words wouldn't just go into our ears and rattle around, but they would move into our hearts and that they would take root and grow, that they would encourage us and strengthen us, Lord, that they would mold us and shape us into men and women who are following you with every step, with every heartbeat. So God, please guide and direct today. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so again, uh, Gideon has taken this great step of faith and he has gone out and he's burnt, uh, tore down the altar and he's tore down the grove and he's made the sacrifice unto God and, and the men of the city have come out and demanded that, that Gideon be killed. And Gideon's own father has come out and said, you know, would you plead for Baal? If, if you're pleading, if you're defending Baal, you should be put to death because Baal is a god. And, and he, can, he can plead for himself. He can defend himself. <clears throat> and we know that that's not true, that he has no power to do any of that. But, but this great victory, and then again, we move right back into a trial. And that's the way it is in our lives many times is we uh, have these great victories. We have these times of, of great awakening and, and great uh, walking with the Lord. And then all of a sudden something happens and we go back. And it, oftentimes it feels like we go back even farther than where we were. Um, <clears throat> my, in my previous life, <laughs> in my past, uh, there was an old country song um, that talked about taking one step forward and two steps back. And I often feel that way in my own life as I, as I make strides for God, that, that I make these small steps and it feels great. And then all of a sudden a trial comes and I forget everything I've just learned and I, I, I return. And here the armies are gathering. The enemy shows themselves. Gideon has come through and he's, he's escaped by with the men of the city. He's made his statement. He's boldly procl pro proclaimed that God is God that Baal is no god, and, and now the Amalekites and the Midianites and all of them are coming and they're camping outside the city. They're ready to, uh, to come in just as they have every other year for the past seven years and take everything that's been grown, everything that's been, that God has blessed with through, through the year. They're getting ready to come in and take it. But this time, instead of just letting them come and do what they will, Gideon is going to stand up. And Israel is going to prepare. <clears throat> In verse number 33, uh, the, the armies have gathered. But then in verse number 34, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and he blew a trumpet. And Abiezer was gathered after him. When we first met Gideon, Gideon was threshing wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. Now he's standing openly in the field, blowing the trumpet, gathering the armies. <clears throat> Excuse me. Gathering the men of Israel to go out and fight. And he sends messengers into Manasseh and he sends messengers into, uh, into uh, Zebulun and Asher and Naphtali. And, and a great army gathers. And so much so that next week as we see how God works through all this, that God says the men are too many. You have too many. Um, 
when you count the number up, it's thirty. It's over thirty-two thousand men that Gideon starts with, uh, that he's going to defend his homeland with. <clears throat> he's taking those steps. This is this is Gideon knowing, seeing, and understanding, and taking what he knows, taking what God has given him, and stepping up and doing what's right. When we met Gideon, the, the angel of the Lord came and told Gideon that, that God was going to use him to deliver Israel. And now the enemies are there gathered, and Gideon says, okay, I'm going to deliver, I'm going to gather them. But then we get into verse number 35, or sorry, verse number 36. And Gideon said unto God, if thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said, behold, I will put out a fleece of wool on the floor. So many people struggle with this because... They feel like Gideon is now backing away, that he's questioning, that, that he's fearful, that, that he doesn't believe God. And that's not the way I see it. The way I see it is he's come to the point, he's come to the end of his knowledge. He's come to the end of what God has shown him, what he knows God wants from him, and now he's seeking the path to go forward. God told him, you're going to be the deliverer. Okay, here we go. I'm going to gather the army. I'm going to be the deliverer. I'm going to be the judge. I'm going to be the leader. Now what? How, what am I going to do now? How do I do this? Where do I go? What do I do? When do I go? Is now the time? Do I need to wait? These are all questions in our life that, that we struggle with constantly. And even in my own life, I, I knew back in 2019 that God called me to pastor a church. He called me to pastor a church. I was sitting in, in Oklahoma uh, at um, Heartland Baptist Bible College during their church planners conference, listening to Brother Gaddis preach when God confirmed in my heart that he was calling me a pastor, the pastor of church. So I started making preparations. I started reaching out to pastors I know. I started thinking and, and praying about where we needed to go, where we needed to be, because I didn't feel like I had the knowledge that I needed to be able to be a pastor. And God took us for three years to Missouri. And in those three years in Missouri, we, we prayed and we sought the Lord and uh, we looked at, went and uh, heard about churches that were looking for pastors and, and we talked to people that, that were uh, closing churches and things and just trying to find that next step. Until it finally was very clear to me that here was where I needed to be. The difference is, I didn't want to be here. I was doing everything I could to avoid being here. <clears throat> Gideon just doesn't know. Gideon is just seeking that next step. Okay, Lord, how do I order? I'm not a military man. We have to remember, Gideon was not a military man. He was not a leader. How, how do I order the army? How do I set things up so that we can go in and we can fight and we can be successful? This is what Gideon is seeking. This is the connection that Gideon is seeking here. So he puts out the fleece. <clears throat> And verse number 37, Behold, I put out a fleece of wool on the floor, and if the dew be on the fleece only, and it be dry upon all the earth beside, then shall I know that thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said. So Gideon puts out the fleece. He makes this request of God, and God performs the request. 
Gideon wakes up and he wrings out the fleece. He gets a bowl full of water out of the fleece. There's only one problem. That was a natural thing. You see, wool is absorbent. So it would be natural that if he got up at a certain time that the dew would be gone off the ground but it would still be saturating the fleece. This is something that would occur every day. <clears throat> and I think he realizes this. And that's why he goes back the second night and he says, Lord, be not angry with me. I'm going to put the fleece out again. Only this time let all the ground be wet and the fleece be dry. This is supernatural. Because it shouldn't happen. The fleece would suck up any water around it. <clears throat> the dew would have covered everything and, and the fleece would have sucked up any water around it so it would at least be damp. But now it's dry. This is where God's power lies. This is a lot like when God was proving Pharaoh as he was sending Moses and Aaron to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Because God is going through those plagues and, and he's doing all those things. Pharaoh, in his own mind, could have his magicians do everything that God was doing so it wasn't possible that it was God. Until you get to the part, to the, to the plague, where God takes the dust of the ground and makes lice that infests the whole nation. Where God took dust and created life. Pharaoh's magicians and his, his sorcerers couldn't do that. They couldn't create life. And they immediately say, this is the finger of God. We find that in, in Exodus 8.10. This is the finger of God. This power is beyond us. We cannot do this. <clears throat> I find it interesting, and I don't know that all of you know this. I think Rachel knows this. But there are certain very rich people in this country who have created lab-grown chicken. And it didn't come from an egg. It didn't come from another chicken. It is meat that they, they took proteins and they grew it in a lab. And now they are serving it in high-end restaurants. It's been approved by the FDA for consumption. They are serving it in high-end restaurants in California. The difference is... They think that they're creating life, but they're just creating a lump of mass, a lump of protein. Only God can create life. We've been trying to, to clone things. They, they've had small success with cloning uh, animals and, and sheep and things, and, but they all cannot live up to what God has done because only God has that power. Now this whole scenario of the two fleeces, it tells us a few things. The first is this. When you don't know where to go or what to do, don't stop doing what you knew, what you know. Gideon looked out and he saw the armies gathering <clears throat> and he took what little information he had from God that he was going to be the deliverer, that he was going to be the judge of Israel, he took and he acted on it. He gathered the army. 
And then he sought God's face. Keep doing what you know to do. The second thing is, if you put out a fleece, it should be something abnormal. Don't put out a fleece and say, if the grass is green in the morning, I'm going to do this. Because the grass is normally green. But if you put out a, in the morning and say, my yard's going to be pink, and it's pink, that's a pretty clear answer. Now, it might be that your wife just went out with a can of spray paint and spray painted it all pink because she knows what you're supposed to do. You should probably listen to her anyway. But if you're going to put out a fleece, it should be something that's abnormal. Something that doesn't just normally happen. The third thing is, don't move until you're sure. Gideon is waiting. He's gathered the army. He's done what he knows to do. He's holding the pattern. But he's not moving forward until he knows exactly what God wants from him. Even as God answers right here in verse number 40, and he wakes up and, and the, the ground is wet and the fleece is dry, Gideon is still holding. He knows, yes, God is going to deliver Israel through me right now. But he's still waiting on how. Still waiting on how. He's still waiting on God to give him the information on how to order the army, how to move forward, what to do. And when you read through the rest of this story, you think, God is crazy. I mean, it's not any different than Joshua going into Jericho. <clears throat> and they march around the city walls once a day for six days saying nothing, making no noise. Then on the seventh day, they march around seven times, and on the completion of the seventh loop, they blow the trumpets and shout, and the walls fall. Joshua didn't come up with that. That wouldn't have been Joshua's strategy. And Joshua was a military man. Joshua was a leader of the army. If it was left up to Joshua, Joshua would have cut down big trees and went against the gates and lit the gates on fire and tried to scale the walls. This was God's plan. Gideon is waiting because he doesn't know. He's waiting for God to give him the plan. Where were we at? Is that the fifth, the fourth, the third? The fourth thing, when God confirms it, act. Now we're going to look at this next week as we start chapter 7. But God's going to confirm and God's going to give Gideon instructions and Gideon is going to act upon them. So many times in our lives, God confirmed something. For me, he confirmed a year or more before that I was supposed to be here and I didn't act on it. I fought it. I fought it hard. Act on it. When God told Gideon to go and tear down the altar of Baal and cut down the grove, Gideon went. 
He went at night because God didn't say go during the day. He went at night because he was scared, and that's okay. But he went. He didn't let fear keep him from doing what God was calling him to do. It's going to be dangerous. And it's a giant step. But the last thing to remember as we look through this story of Gideon is to keep your desires out of the equation. Because I'm still, I'm sure Gideon still had that fear. He's not far removed from threshing weed in the wine press, hiding from the Midianites. He's still fearful. Going into this is going to be dangerous. War is dangerous. But his desire doesn't matter. God's desire is what matters. God's command is what matters. We can get so far off course when we, we pray for things, seeking for natural signs, thinking that when they're answered that that's that's God's answer when it's our desire if the sky's blue I'm going to go jump off the roof the sky's blue every day almost every day mm -hmm. it's not God's answer that's our desire getting in the way we have to seek God and seek God only. Gideon here is doing just that. He's seeking God's face. He's seeking God's direction. This is a huge step forward for Gideon. For the man from the smallest tribe from the poorest people. A man with no faith just a few short days ago. This is a huge step for him. Gideon shouldn't be chided for this. Gideon should be applauded for this. And we should seek to follow these steps in our lives as we come to the point where we don't know what the next step should be. Continue doing what we know to do. Continue daily in the Word. Continue uh, at church. Continue sitting under the preaching. Continue seeking God's face. Put out the unnatural fleece. Make sure that it's something that God will confirm beyond the shadow of a doubt that only in His power is possible. And then when He gives you that guidance and direction, act. Don't let fear... Don't let your desires, don't let anything get in the way. Act. Move forward in faith. It's okay to be afraid. And Gideon is going to be afraid. But he kept moving forward.